Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, here with a trade deadline recap. And it's not breaking news, but we're reacting to the breaking news that Calvin Ridley is no longer a member of the Atlanta Falcons. It was reported, you know, kind of right around uh, 3 o'clock on um, Tuesday afternoon before the 4 o'clock Eastern Time trade deadline that Calvin Ridley was going to be traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars for, uh, you know, some draft compensation this year. Uh, That would be a 20 or a 2023 fifth round pick coming from Jacksonville. But the interesting part of all of that is the kind of conditional pick that they'll get in 2024. The conditions, according to uh, multiple sources, among them, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Third rounder, if he hits kind of a playtime incentive, we don't really know what that breakdown is yet. Um, And then it could potentially become as high as a second rounder in 2024 if he decides to do a long-term deal with Jacksonville. So the Falcons made a couple other moves that we're going to get into. I'm going to give maybe 15 minutes of reaction from all of this today, but certainly big news that doesn't impact the Falcons so much this season. Honestly, it it probably isn't the biggest impact to Atlanta, and I'll get into the reasons for all of that, but from a fan perspective, from just the way that Calvin Ridley's career started here and the excitement that built around what he could be, it's big news, and we're going to break down all of it right after this. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for hoops betting and all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether we're talking NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's that easy. Just make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline. Where the game starts. All right, so in the press release that the Falcons sent out about the Calvin Ridley trade, they included a quote from general manager Terry Fondo, who I think's done a great job so far, by the way. But the quote says, As our team continues its growth, We continue our daily focus on improving our roster and believe this move is the best decision to make at this time. We appreciate Calvin's contributions to the organization and wish him well on his next steps. I read that to you not because it means anything, because that is very, very boilerplate. Um, But I think that it goes to show you really the totally divergent direction that this organization has gone 
since Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith arrived. You know, it began with Julio Jones uh, being traded away this offseason, Matt Ryan, you know, being traded away. But in between there, Calvin Ridley was kind of a little bit of the intermediary story because he was still a young player. If you were going to talk about, you know, two years ago, the young pillars that Atlanta was going to build around, Calvin Ridley was absolutely one of those pieces for the offense. And then you looked at a player like A.J. Terrell. You looked at Chris Lindstrom. It's like, okay, we're starting to see at least some good young players here that can be part of the future. It's not a complete teardown. Well, looking back, it may not be a complete teardown because there's frankly not really much of a teardown performance-wise. And that's been one of the benefits of this season. And it kind of makes this news, I think, a little bit easier to swallow. But... When we all started to wrap our heads around a new future for the Falcons before the 2021 season, Calvin Ridley was definitely a part of it. And then, you know, you see the start to 2021 doesn't go, you know, swimmingly. He then asks and uh, is excused by the team for mental health reasons. And that is when after, you know, he never returns to the team uh, in 2021. And that is when we find out Later on um, the next year, early the next year on March 7th, that the NFL announced that Calvin Ridley would be suspended for at least the 2022 season and indefinitely after they found out that he bet on NFL games over a five-day stretch while he was away from the team in November of 2021. In the biggest twist of irony, uh, you know, one of the games that it's believed that he's bet on was for the Falcons to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now he is a member of Jacksonville, so... That'll be fun to kind of, hey, you know, I'm pulling for you guys now. If I had to put money on it, my money's on you. It's probably what he's uh, not going to say in his first team meeting. But yeah, it's it's a shame to see Calvin Ridley's kind of time in Atlanta end this way. Certainly the betting thing was really, I think, out of nowhere for a lot of people. Um, I didn't, I certainly didn't see it coming. It's not like I know Calvin Ridley better than anybody else, but I've talked to him before. He's always, he was very, very quiet. I remember the very first day after the Falcons drafted him in 2018, when he came into the facility, he still had braces on. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, this is awesome. But he matured into a really, you know, great player. And and I thought a good um, presence in the locker room. So the betting thing surprised me. That being said, I don't know how destined for a long stay in Atlanta Calvin Ridley was once this coaching staff and once this regime switched over to Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. And that's not because Calvin Ridley is not a good player. Um, I remember writing an article before his third season about, you know, why history was on his side to break out in his third year. And boy, did he uh, 90 catches in 2020. 1,374 yards, nine touchdowns. His first few games, he was unstoppable. Um, It was a great year and and really kind of was the culmination of what he started in his first two years being alongside of Julio as that number two um, and then ascending to kind of a number one role in 2020, even though Julio was still around. Calvin was the one A on that team, at least production-wise. So... You hate to see his time end, but I think that what we've seen from Arthur Smith and from Terry Fontenot, they have a very, very clear style of how they want to play. And and Arthur Smith would tell you that he will adapt his style to fit the players that they have at their disposal. But I think it's telling if you look back, 
He's favored physical receivers. He's favored guys that can win at the point of attack that have kind of these um, great blocking uh, ability as, as wide receiver because he likes the run game so much. Calvin tried to improve. It is something I think he worked on was his blocking ability, but he never really got there, I think, to Arthur Smith's uh, level, at least, or standard as a blocker. So I don't know if the Falcons would have signed him to another you know, contract or if they would have looked to trade him even if he was available. Now, even if he was available in 2022, what does his production look like? Because we're sitting here asking ourselves a lot of questions about Kyle Pitts, about this passing game. Would we be sitting here pulling our hair out about Calvin Ridley's usage? And would he be getting talked about almost like Allen Robinson is a former Jacksonville receiver and somebody that they kind of compare Calvin Ridley to the way that we're talking about Allen Robinson with the Rams and saying, man, what like, why aren't they getting him the ball? What is going on? Is, is it him? Is it the team? Is it the quarterback? All of that. I think we would just be having a very similar conversation. So it was kind of a one of the luxury chips that Atlanta still had, even though Calvin Ridley is out because of his past production, I think he makes a lot of sense on a team like Jacksonville. They are building for the future. Calvin Ridley is not the youngest player. He came into the league fairly old. Um, in fact, he's he's about to be 28 um, later or actually early next year. So that's still kind of he'll he'll be in his 28 year old season in 2023. That's an old player for somebody who we're really looking at is only logging three and a half years of, of recorded action. So yeah, from Atlanta's case, I think that Calvin Ridley is going to hit a lot of the milestones and has a chance to at least sign an extension with Jacksonville. But that's where the age thing is a little bit of a cause for concern. And I think Jacksonville would say, look, we don't know after, you know, a year Plus, away from football, is Calvin Ridley going to be the same player? So we're willing to bet that he is. And if he is, look, we're willing to kind of pay the value for that. It's just going to take a little bit of time before we figure out what the Falcons actually will be getting back in return for 2024. But, you know, a Jacksonville draft pick, not necessarily the worst thing in the in the world to have in terms of value. Now, I, I think they are a young team who hopefully looks to ascend, but we see a lot of young teams that fit that uh, moniker that fail to ascend all the time. And again, my money would be on Jacksonville for maybe being one of those teams. So yeah, Calvin Ridley, no longer a member of the Atlanta Falcons. I think if they hit those high water marks, I mean, we may be saying that that's not fair return. If Calvin Ridley gets back on the field and is, is back to 1100 yards and nine touchdowns in Jacksonville in 2023 if he plays. And I hope he does because, you know, a year's worth of, of time away from the game suspension is more than enough, I think, for what he did. People may say they should have gotten more, but if the Falcons end up getting a second round pick in addition to a fifth round pick for Calvin Ridley, I think that that's pretty fair value. Again, he's going to be 28 next year. So I think all of that plays into it. Let's quickly touch on a couple other moves that the Falcons made on the trade deadline. I, I did not really expect them to be as busy as they were. That being said, it's not like these are the biggest moves in the world. However, the Falcons trade a uh, seventh round pick in 2023 for Rashad Fenton, who was a really good kind of up and coming player for Kansas City for the last few years. It seems like based on some of the quick reading, quick research that I did on this matter, that Kansas City really likes the young 
cornerbacks, LeJarrius Sneed, you know, kind of what they're building in the secondary. And that Fenton was probably expendable because of that. And in a move to relieve some of their cap space, maybe retweak how their team is, the investments in the roster and the certain positions in which they're investing. Fenton became expendable. I think it's a great, great move. And then in what I believe is a very related move, the team then trades uh, Dean Marlowe to the Buffalo Bills for a conditional seventh rounder. So essentially getting that seventh rounder back, it costs you Dean Marlowe, who I think was coming off of his worst game. Uh, Maybe that plays into it, but I I do not think he played very well at all against uh, Carolina. He was one of the two with Rashawn Evans, who allowed that kind of deep pass to DJ Moore at the end of the game um, that ultimately tied it up. And yeah, I, I don't know if that necessarily played into it, but it was an opportunity with Jalen Hawkins down for, you know, uh, Dean Marlowe to step in and he didn't really pass the test. Uh, he's a veteran, but this, this team, this, this regime has not shown any real particular loyalty outside of performance. You got to perform to be here. And, and that kind of goes along, I think with their message of accountability. So you kind of flip Dean Marlowe for Rashad Fenton. And they're not 100% the same player. Uh, but I think that Fenton does have some of the versatility that this defense looks for. Now, it's more inside-out corner versatility than it is kind of safety to corner, which Dean Pease has said that's slot corner and safety. There's a lot of interchangeability in his defense with that. It's why Isaiah Oliver we saw um, during the during training camp, we saw him kind of working with the safeties for that one week, if you'll recall. And it was everybody was like, wait, really? Like he's not even back to full health and we're already moving him to another position. It's just, again, because of that versatility, the inside out nature, the way they they can go sky cloud, cover three, things like that, disguise what they want to do. Rashad Fenton, I think, will learn and pick that up. You know, I, I believe that he's certainly capable of doing that, but he's just 25 years old. So you're getting a little bit younger at the position. Again, he's played really well, was one of PFF's rising stars uh, kind of entering the year. And in fact, um, I think they listed him as one of the kind of potential MVP candidates that for each team. It was like 32 potential MVP candidates for each team that we're not talking about. And he was their pick there because of just the way that he had played and the potential for a little bit more time in Kansas City instead. He gets traded to Atlanta. Um, but the big reason why I'm excited for him to be here, and I'm going to end on this because it's the most positive note. Atlanta's tackling has not been very good defensively, and especially kind of on the perimeter. Even before the uh, injury that he sustained, A.J. Terrell was not having his best year as a tackler. A lot of misses there. Um, I think Isaiah Oliver has missed a few tackles recently. Um, Richie Grant has has made some good ones, but he's also missed a few. So they need to get better at tackling kind of at the second level on the perimeter and then, you know, in the secondary. And Rashad Fenton does that so, so well because that is arguably the key strength of his game, which is not something that you usually see from a cornerback, but he is absolutely lights out as a tackler, has been an elite graded tackler um, from pro football focus for each uh, year that he's been in the league. And 
entering 2022, and this this is a note the PFF had that really, really stopped me in my tracks. He had just two missed tackles on 103 attempts uh, since 2019. So since entering the league, he had missed just two tackles on 103 tackle attempts. That's kind of what Atlanta is getting, and I really think that they're going to benefit from that in the secondary. So I like that. You're flipping Dean Marlowe essentially for uh, Rashad Fenton, and then, yeah, you kind of net out even with the seventh-round picks. They did say it was a conditional uh, seventh-round pick for uh, Buffalo, so I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what that will be. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. That's it for the trade deadline. The big news, Calvin Ridley, no longer a uh, member of the Atlanta Falcons. They make one switch there in the secondary. Not the splashiest uh, trade deadline. It's not like the Falcons have, have always been huge uh, players at the trade deadline. And given their salary cap constraints this year, I, I think that, you know, this is about what we should have expected. But the Calvin Ridley news is big, big news. We'll ultimately see what they net out of it. But I like what the Falcons have have done with their acquisitions, both in free agency, in the draft. And now we'll see, you know, if Rashad Fenton can kind of keep that streak going in the trade department. The 2022 trade deadline for the NFL has come and gone. It's shaken up the Falcons a little bit, but this team is heading in a new direction. And I think these moves really jive with that. And I'm on board based on what I've seen so far. So that will do it for me today. As always, today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. Please stay tuned uh, to this feed later in the week. We will have our preview of the Falcons-Chargers matchup in week nine. Can the Falcons get their second win in a row, finally go above 500 for the first time this season and maintain their lead in the NFC South? Or will we be trying to pick up the pieces once again for another matchup with the Carolina Panthers? We will get into all of that on Thursday morning, bright and early. So uh, set your clocks, check your feeds. And until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.